Boston, Massachusetts, to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between, talking local and national sports in just about anything discussed in a tavern. Broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan, welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, welcome back. What's happening? No, not much. So yeah, that was a a bit of a different beginning a little for bit. for us, for sure. Went from uh, our normally ad libbed one every week to mm-hmm. a more professional. Figured we're moving on up in the uh, podcast world. Let's yeah. uh, let's make a little couple changes yeah. here and there. Yeah, same content, just new intro and outro. Yeah, hopefully everyone will enjoy it out there. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, earlier today. Um, uh, I think I posted on Facebook the other day about something big happening, you know, something in the works with our podcast. Uh, we've decided uh, in a verbal agreement with iLogic Media, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to do any production for us right now, but they are going to uh, they're going to help us get our brand out there. Yep. So they're gonna they're gonna publish and. And kind of get the word to a broader expanse that that we probably couldn't have the opportunity to do. So, hopefully, our reach gets a little little wider, a little and uh, we we start to get a little bit more listenership, and we help out their podcasts along the way. And so, you'll probably be hearing a lot of different people on the show. We're going to have collaborations and some good stuff in the works on the horizon for for us yeah, moving one, forward. One day at a time, a lot faster than I thought it was going to be <laughs> given the fact that this whole plan transpired probably back in November yeah, here I, drinking a shit ton of beer and they're like, <laughs> "Hey, let's do a podcast." And then drop the first one on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and then from there on out it's it's been going pretty good. So, yep. things are happening. Hey, we got an exciting uh, exciting show today. Uh we got a couple guests with us today. Um we got our uh experts on uh, sports trading card and memorabilia, we got uh, old Pete Nooner at the corner there, and we got uh, we got this guy right here. Hip hip Jorge! Hip hip Jorge! Hip hip Jorge! I love I love that drop. That was that was probably one of the best ESPN commercials ever. And we made it great. We made it great. <laughs> you Georges, I tell you. So. Anyway, let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this uh, into the trading card world here in a little bit. But first, I want to get everybody's opinion on the Carson Wentz trade from Philly to the Colts. Pat, how do you feel about that? I think it's a a, a great move uh, for the Colts. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Wentz uh, performs in Indy. Certainly uh, uh, a very good player. Had a horrible season last year, and I think once they drafted uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, his whole mentality just took a turn for the worse. I think had a, a terrible attitude all season long, so I think it's going to be a fresh start for him. And uh, Colts get younger at QB, losing Rivers, and, and pick up a guy that was playing at an MVP level uh, two years ago. So I, I think all in all, good move. Didn't have to give up a whole lot to get him either. Now when you when you sit back and you look at the, the trade that – they did compared to the trade the Lions made between uh, getting rid of Stafford and um, getting Goff in exchange, obviously with some draft capital with that. Do you think that the Lions really fared out 
a hell of a lot better than without anybody, anybody could have done. A twelve-year, everyone's a twelve-year quarterback versus a five-year quarterback, and yeah, two first-round picks, and and the Lions pretty much set the bar uh, for in the quarterback market. Everybody's trying to chase that Lions return. Uh, so I'm sure Philly was asking for two first rounders. Uh, to, oh, for sure. Um, and it's it, it feels so bizarre to say the Lions did it did something right. Um, so no man, I tell you what, did that, easy and, there. <laughs> but hey, I, I love the direction they're going. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not sold that Goff is going to be the uh, the answer. I hope they go QB at at the at number seven. Uh, but we'll see. we'll see. I mean, at, at number seven, uh, I'm going to get an opinion poll between the two you guys. Number at, at pick number seven. If you got Zach Wilson available and say Trey Lance available, who are you taking? Trey Lance. Really? Uh, yep. Completely just, agree. Uh, the is, is it his ability to maneuver outside the pocket? His his, his athleticism. He's got it all. Uh, you know, young, young guy, athletic cannon arm. Um, you know, I know we we don't get to see a ton of them. Uh, so once I started, once I heard the name. Uh, you know, went on YouTube, and 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 uh, from what I've seen, the guy looks uh, like a freak. Do you? And I, I don't. I I think he's his. He's going to be a guy whose stock goes through the roof as they start doing the pro days and and, and everything like that. So I think he could very well be gone at two. Um, do, do you worry that since he really didn't play this year, that that might affect him? Might affect his. I don't think so. Um, you know, it's a, it's a year, uh, you know, less wear and tear uh, on his body. And, um, you know, uh, I'm sure he spent that time preparing for the NFL draft. And, uh, I think, uh, I think he'll be, he'll, he'll be ready to go. And whatever team gets him has a great building block, uh, hopefully for the next 10, 15 years. Cause that's what everybody's chasing. You want oh, yeah. that stability. And kind of touch on that too with that. The year you say, I don't, Think this year meant anything? No, for I, call, no. I called it intermediate football this year. Yeah, I look at the number one pick, and I think two through down, we it, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, they're they're kind of on the same level, right? The combine's going to answer a lot. Well, and, they're not doing a combine this year. They're they're doing pro days. Correct. I mean, I mean, yeah. Excuse me. So when yeah. they get the chance to see these guys up close, that's when they're going to have kind of a better idea of what these guys are. Right. I think, and that's the big thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this season. In all sports right now, especially college football, it's unfair to put anything on anyone. Sure, sure. And I think that's the the biggest thing. And just nobody was prepared. Nobody was ready. They couldn't practice, and kids couldn't prove themselves. If I'm if I'm a premier the college, ten, athlete, the Big Ten had the hardest go out of mm-hmm. any Correct. conference. Oh yes, they definitely did. Especially in the state of Michigan, they did too. I mean, if with those two schools, they really it affected them early on, hard. Yeah, real hard. Yeah. So. Uh, my opinion of the Wentz trade is I don't remember Rich asking him, but it's okay. <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, Chris Ballard, the the GM for the Colts, he's kind of a genius when it comes to deal making, and he never he doesn't take too much risk without the reward. Uh, he's definitely focused on his defense. In the last couple years, he's built the foundation of that team around his defense. So I think with him going after Carson Wentz and, and frankly, I think he got him super cheap. You know, they're, you know, it, it's all based on what the Colts do, what the pick will be. But I think when you team up Carson Wentz with Frank Reich, who Wentz had his best career year when Frank White Reich was his OC. So I think 
that alone makes it very intriguing for Colts fans in in thinking that the, he he could strike lightning. To, you know, lightning could strike twice for him, and and be very successful. Because because let's face it, the Colts are really right on that the verge of becoming you know an upper echelon team in the AFC. So having that quarterback, uh they, they've got everything else. So I, I do like the trade. I think Carson Wentz is going to put them over the top. Um, so as far as the, uh, the deal goes, he, they made out big time. It's a lot of money that Indy's going to have to be paying out. There's a lot of guaranteed money. That's a lot of guaranteed money. Thing. Yeah, but like like Pat said, he's, he's young. And if, if they win, you know, nobody, nobody talks about that. I don't it, think either team lost in this right now at this point. Because I think they're both coming out ahead. We have to remember, too, Indianapolis, they have a very talented backup in Jacob Eason right now. Yep. Um, up-and-comer. Yeah. And he was going to be the starter, I believe. Yeah. But they oh, still... Oh, Bers- Brissett? No. Oh, Jacob, he's... Okay. Jacob Eason. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I believe they want... They still want that veteran, like they had with Phillip Rivers. Right. And they're going to give them every shot they can. They gambled. Uh, there's Like I said, there's a lot of guaranteed money and a lot of cap hit money. Yeah. Um, both ways on it. But um, like I said, I think both teams want to help Philadelphia move on with the locker room and forward from there. So <laughs> oh, that's right. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I'm sure that was a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, uh, bumping fist through the whole thing. You know, and it's exactly what you brought up, Pat. You said that with the <laughs> – okay, crack another one there, buddy. Thank you. Hey, uh, exactly what you said is, you know, the, the fact that they went out and they drafted Jalen Hurts, you know, as his backup uh, – he couldn't adapt at the adversity or uh, the competition, unlike Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Aaron, they said Aaron Rodgers was pissed, and he came out and showed it that he was mm-hmm. pissed this year. He played some of the best football I've seen him play. Yep. I mean, hands down. I mean, as MVP. Yep. And then Wentz, Wentz played like he was a man worried about his job. Every mm-hmm. snap he took, you oh. know, looking over his shoulder, yeah, waiting exactly. for, waiting well, for Jalen Hurts to start. You know, and my, yeah. I don't think Jalen Hurts is – Gonna be? No, I don't need. He's it. not gonna. He's not gonna. He's, he's not, not gonna the take the savior. He's not gonna take the Eagles to where they aspire to go. I, he's just not gonna do it. So, so since we're talking about uh, you know drafting college players and everything like that, Joe Milton, peace out. He's he's like, well, you got this guy. I mean, and by the way, I'm we're at a fifty fifty here with uh, Michigan fans and Michigan State fans. We got some. Michigan State slappies here. Good. Oh, well, hey. Just another Heisman winner leaving Michigan. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, those Heisman quarterbacks you, they get all, every year. They have one. Well, you know, know he could he could throw the ball out of the uh, the big house. He could throw it over a mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uncle Rico. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rico. See that? I can throw. I can toss that pigskin a quarter mile. I mean, yeah, Uncle Rico would probably even transfer from from Michigan as a quarterback, and that's that's a, that's a crime. Uh, would you like the coach? I don't you know. Like you know, this guy Harbaugh is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer that, that he's going to develop. Uh, he hasn't developed anybody. No, no he, he hasn't. Bad. His yeah, best quarterback was a transfer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, His best quarterback that he had was uh, Rudock. Jake Rudock. Jake Rudock. Yep. And and for the record, I don't think either one of us, Rich or I, are fans of Harbaugh. I've made that very clear in previous podcasts that Ugh. I'm not a big fan no. of Harbaugh. He's worn you know, out his welcome as far I, as I'm concerned. I was a fan of him when they brought him in with the expectation bar at at, at like eight feet. Oh, it was a home, then, home run higher. I thought I thought mm-hmm. here here they go. They're gonna they're gonna go on a run like we've never seen. 
They have. They did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a, a, run, a, a run straight to yep. the bottom. Yes. They're running the wrong way. You know, and uh, I, you know, and, I, and I'll be the first guy to say it after this season that's that's come up. Uh, Mel Tucker. Hey, kudos to him. He, I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. Coach D really shit on him when he oh, left. Absolutely. He, I mean, he shit on him. Like, Tucker came in. He did what he did. They beat Michigan this year. I mean. <laughs> I mean, but realistically, I and think Northwestern they knocked off Northwestern. Yeah, no, exactly. A couple of good wins. So you know, it, there's a lot of promise there. Everybody was skeptical about him coming in, but I, I honestly think that. I mean, granted, he's no uh, John L. Smith. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna go and say that right now. He ain't no John the coaches Smith. are screwed up. <laughs> or Williams, what was that? Uh, Bobby Williams. Bobby Williams. Oh boy! Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we've had we've had it. Trust me, we know tough football stretches, so we are no strangers. Yeah, whatsoever. but you know, I uh, but I will. I mean, and normally, I mean, people that know me and know that I'm a Michigan fan, they'll probably fall over backwards here, and that I'm actually giving props to Michigan State. But I think, I think they're going in the right direction. They they do need to find themselves a uh, more capable quarterback than. Uh, Rocky and Adrian. Oh, Rocky's gone. So. Yeah, Rocky yeah. went to the Blondie. Yeah, Blondie, yeah, Blondie went, went to the oh, Northern, Northern Illinois. <laughs> Fabio, <laughs> Fabio left, and we played them next year. Oh, that ought uh, to be. He'll good. probably torch us. I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be well, like uh, Joey Harrington coming back on Thanksgiving Day with the with Dolphins. the Dolphins. Oh. And I was at that game. <laughs> I was too. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Hell of a piano player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch out! Didn't he get hit by a truck on his bike on his yeah. pedal yes, bike? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. We're going positive there. He, he, he got right he got to use his mirrors. He didn't use his he, mirrors. Good point. So, within talking about Michigan State. I got to ask you guys this, and I'm not, and I don't follow college basketball as closely as I probably should, knowing that I do have a sports podcast going. What the fuck is going on? And they're well, they're currently down by four well, in the second you half. Lose. I'm going to start it off right. Yeah, no, let's no. I want to have straight ass talent on that team. Mm-hmm. You have one of the best coaches in the nation. Period. But is you he? lose? Is he Cassius Winston? You lose. Xavier Tillman, you lost huge leadership there that can't be replaced. And that happens in every program. Look at Duke right now. Look, these teams go through this. When they lose those leaders, it's tough to replace. They thought they had it in some of these guys, but you can't. No jackasses winning the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> so you have to have the thoroughbreds as leaders there. And they haven't stepped up yet. Right now, I look at them as a mishmash program. I think they're playing. They're playing well. You can see the talent, but they're not that web yet. Okay, they're they're, bro- they're broken up, I can, and they're okay. still young. That webs in pieces, and yeah. they're going to be there next year. And I always say, still don't sleep. Are you, you never say- want to sleep? Are you saying like that they're going to be there because Amani Bates is still no. scheduled to come? There? No, no, I'm talking experience. Okay, I think Amani Bates. I don't know if Amani Bates will make it there. Really? He might. I mean, I mean, I've 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 read a couple things and some grumblings about. And I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want the kid there. To be honest with you, really, I'm, there's not, a lot of hype behind him. But attitude though, too. He's you, you're bringing in his dad. You're bringing in Mr. Ball. <laughs> oh, oh my god! No so, never lost. <laughs> yeah, never lost. Yeah, definitely bringing in that. Hey, don't, don't even get me started on that guy. That guy. That guy can kiss my oh. ass. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll say something yeah, nice about this uh, this Michigan State team. I I 
I don't know. I think I'm a little more frustrated with them uh, than than George might be. I, I, you know, obviously they're a glaring hole at, at the point guard position. Uh, you know, lost Cassius Winston, but Rocket Watts was supposed to be, you know, the uh, the end all be all replacement. He was he was a uh, hyped up for you know player of the year preseason. Uh, you know, NBA high NBA draft pick. A Joey Hauser, tra- high high level transfer. This team, uh, I don't see any heart. I don't see any fire. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of that does come from losing two alpha dogs like you had with Winston and, and Tillman. But Izzo, uh, you know, for all the accolades he gets, clearly he's not getting through to this team. Uh, you know, Foster and that's Lawyer, unusual. That's lawyer unusual should for never even see the court. Lawyer is a he's a Mac level player. Terrible. Thomas Kithier, I, you know, gets way more. I don't know. Izzo is yeah. just hell bent on playing these juniors and you know ahead of some of the the underclassmen um, that are that are more talented. So I, it's been a frustrating. And to kind of go on that too. Uh, go, going back to our football talk, this team, same thing with Michigan. When you're put on pause and you're not allowed to do anything, that takes a lot of momentum away. Yeah. And and it's, well, not, used and it's to not about a, games. It's about the practice. Yeah, they're used to the a, to a system, huge. a pattern. Practice. When you, when, you, you're, yeah. when you're a college athlete, you're used to that every single day going. You got, you know, no matter what it's practice, you go to class, you practice class, travel days, whatever it is, you know what your days are set. When you're put on pause and you can't do anything, it has hurt these programs. And once again, it's hard to judge a lot of these teams. This is not Duke this year, in my opinion. No, no, absolutely It not. didn't hurt Michigan. Kentucky, yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> Michigan was on pause for three weeks. They're coming. They're kicking people's ass. Hey, you know what? And uh, Last week we were here uh, doing a show, and we were, we were watching the game. And I was like, oh, my God, that, that, that three weeks – off and what, I mean, and, and Michigan. I thought, it's, it's, I thought Michigan was going to lose. Same. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. They, but they you know started what? out. They just kept. Yep. They just kept going. Yeah, kept going. Kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And then next, you know, they went. And Rich, I'm not afraid to do the same thing you did as a Michigan fan talking about for football with State. I kudos to Michigan. They have done a hell of a job. I'm not a huge Juwan Howard fan. I did like, but he surrounded himself with some. No. With Phil Martelli, Phil Martelli. That, I tell you that, what, was... that is such an underranked thing that they got going yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. Everybody and says that he is such a he's your practice nerd. Coach. He's, he's your, no, yeah, I'm talking he's... about Joanna. Everybody, yeah. he's such a nerd. Like people say, like he gets up in the middle of the night and draws out plays. Believe it, that's a good coach. Yeah, well, they're working. If I was if I was getting that kind of money, I guess I'd get up in the middle of the night and draw some plays too. Well, and two with Joan Howard. You know he's a fairly young guy. He's only older, a little bit older than you and I, Rich. But I think he he taps into the uh, the culture of a lot of the kids he's recruiting. He he can relate to them. And now he's got his son on 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 board, and his yeah. other kids coming in next year. So I I think he's got his finger on the pulse of what's really going on in in Absolutely. in the world of basketball. So I think that's why he's having so much success. And maybe. Izzo's coaching mentality, you know, he's he you see him on the sidelines, he's you know, he's he's pissing venom and and like is is that working in today's college game? Like it, you think that's keeping kids from really wanting to play here or play to their full potential it, it, at state, you know. That that makes me question and that. I'm not going to I'm going to knock that low just because you don't see kids transferring the program at state. No, but that. I mean, right. I understand what you're saying on yeah. the judgment of it almost like a pie. Maybe a Bobby Knight mentality, kind of going back a little bit. Right. We don't know what Izzo's saying up and down that sideline. Sure. We don't know what he, you know, I mean, he's he's screaming at guys, I love you sometimes. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, we just don't know sometimes. Right. And I think 
it's it's tough to judge really the whole programs this year and all, everything and all right the sports. and, yeah, I, and I don't I, and I when, it, when it, Iso has his I guess out outcries or yells or whatever, I don't think it's necessarily you know some people called it like in a negative fashion I think it's just because the guy is so passionate for his players to succeed well I mean he's he's a fiery coach right I and, just and he's a successful this. coach and and you know he. It, I think you guys as fans, it, it's kind of like how, you know, it used to be around here with hockey. It was always the expectation. They're going to be there when it matters the most. They're always going to be there. And and for looking up their 10 and 9 right now, that that's uncharted waters for most state basketball fans. So, it's, uh, yeah, but I again, mean, like you said, George, you guys have seen, you know. Yeah, and it, I appreciate you not calling us Sparty this whole time. Either. No. It's been huge for us, I think. No. And, but, and, I, and here's yeah, nothing. Leave I, that to Desmond Howard. Hey, yeah, hey, you. hey but hold on. And we, we didn't call you little, little brother either. That's right, little sister. <laughs> such, such a, this, is a, this is really is such a respectful if crew I, here. This is an equal opportunity podcast. We know where Bunyan's at. We know hey, where Bunyan's at, hey, so it's hey, okay. Hey, hey, but, 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 you know. If you need to direct and, and, and for those who don't know, these two gentlemen are alums of MSU. So we uh, are. Pat is, I'm not. <laughs> we 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 are uh, we are going to give them a little bit of uh, hit, you know, hit the siren. Hit no, the siren. there's no siren. With that. <laughs> okay. No, but you know, but you just called me a jive turkey. I did. I did call you a jive turkey. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, Michigan. Uh, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I hope Michigan State goes into the Big Ten. Um, uh, playoff, you know the, 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 the tournament's going to determine whether they get to yeah, the big gonna, dance or not. Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, if they win the tournament, they're in, right? Yeah, but uh, talking about the the tournament for the best basketball conference in the land, in the land for a team that has uh, struggled all season long, it'll be a tough hill to climb. But yeah. but we'll see. It's um, hey, they could be a sixty five and be able to you know play in, playing, 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 playing. Play You're talking about playing. <laughs> I, I, I think between that and Allen Iverson talking about how the hell am I going to make my teammates better by practicing? Those are about my two favorite ones. Yes. So going back to Michigan basketball, um, tomorrow, huge game, Buckeyes. Ohio State. Buckeyes, Michigan. So you're going to see where exactly they stand, I think, because Ohio State's probably right now the hottest team in the country given Michigan was off for three weeks. So tomorrow's a big, big test for for uh, Juwan and the boys up there to see, you know, they're going into Columbus. Not that home court really matters, you know, these days. Uh, but it's a test. And and lately they've proven when they need to step up against the big big boys, they, they've, they've done it. So I expect a really good game tomorrow, and, and it's going to really determine, you know, their path moving forward. I believe both of those teams started the season unranked. Yeah, my memory serves. I know Michigan was, uh, but again, I, I guess that tells you how meaningless these preseason rankings are. But oh, too, yeah. as George spoke to it, it's just it's been such a weird season on both in football and basketball, yep. and you knew it was going to happen. It just, I think we're all glad to have it, you know, to be able to watch. But um, <laughs> yeah, great, great thing tomorrow, you're going to see a scrappy game. No, but sure, you, know, but you are going to see a scrap. But you got to remember, game. almost a year ago, well, it was we'll, we'll say. Ten months ago, we had nothing. Yep, we didn't have a. Hey, we were going out of our minds. We didn't even have this podcast going on. I know. No, we did not. It was, it, we're big fans. That would have got <laughs> us through. We we were watching uh, 1984 World Series highlights here at the Speakeasy. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. That we got were old. watching uh, 
uh, NBA guys play horse on uh, on, oh, NL, that was brutal. Yeah, that. on ESPN, wow. and like their internet signal kept going yeah. out. <laughs> but I, I was watching it. Cornhole, yeah. you know the, the cornhole yeah, championship. Cornhole, yeah, I, I mean, I went. Those down guys down. are unbelievable with masks too. My <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I, I went on the I went on the rabbit hole of watching old hockey night in Canada videos on yes. YouTube just so I could be like, at watch a little Jerry. bit of hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. You remember For where sure. you were when you were watching those games when you were a kid? Oh yeah, watching it's, on the thirteen inch in your bedroom. Oh, yep. right. Watching on a little one, and <laughs> so we also got another uh, a guest today in the uh, in the podcast. We got uh, Mr. Clyde. We got Clyde, Mr. Clyde, Clyde here. Yeah, we got Mr. Clyde here. He's uh, he's making his uh, he's making his easy, uh, debut, sniffing asses, yeah. and uh, you know walking around. Not making a mess because I put up his toys. He's not. He's not going to make a mess today. Uh, I was I hoping know. it was Clara, not Clyde. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> in what was going on here in my garage. <laughs> That's not oh, this type man. of podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll go down the street. <laughs> so I, I do want to bring this up because we really don't talk about it that much on the pod. I want to talk a little bit about NBA with my buddy Pat over here because uh, Pat is more in tune with the NBA than I think I've ever been in tune with the NBA in my entire life. So, the other earlier this week, Draymond Green went off in a in a presser about how these these teams are shutting these players down so they can seek out trades or buyouts and stuff like that. I, I mean, does he is he speaking out of line, out of turn, or is he hitting the nail right on the head? Yeah, I, I, sometimes Draymond will uh, will spout out. He likes to. He has an opinion on everything. And many times I'll I'll agree with his opinion, and and, and uh, in a lot of cases with Draymond, it's how he says it. it. It gets people believing it just from how he frames it. But in this case, I don't know where the heck he was going with this thing. Uh, you know, if if there's a mutual agreement, uh, which it, clearly there appears to be between oh. Drummond and the Cavs and Griffin and the Pistons. They're each protecting themselves. If they, they're going to trade this player, then they should sit him. They can't risk injury, and now the guy's not going to play at all, and they still have to pay him. Uh, so I think Draymond was was uh, out of bounds. I thought. I mean, I, when I first heard it, I thought he was kind of off base with it. I was like, so you're going off, and you're and you're sitting here saying, well, the players show up, the players do this, the players do that, but in in theory and in reality. That would, I mean, if a player didn't want to play for a team, he's going to sit out. Like Deshaun Watson's going to probably sit out. Yeah, he's going. You know what? And if and here's the funny thing about that is, is his the owners and the, and the ownership of that team are like, we're not we're not going to honor his trade anyways. He's just like screw screw you, dude. I'm going to sit right out and eat it. You know. Yep. But it's yeah, and it's uh, you know players are having more and more control of these things. And then you know, look what James Harden did. He wanted out of Houston so bad. You know, he showed his showing up late to practices. Overweight. He showed up like 30 pounds overweight. Smell like strippers and glitter. Yeah. And he'd go into those gentlemen uh, ballets all the time. Exactly. Yeah, the Windsor Ballet. But, uh, I'm you know, he, he was, was dogging it, dogging it out there, and, and he, he forced their hand to trade him. So, you know, if the player's going to to try to get his way, then, then you know, if the owners have every, uh, every you know, every bit to – to sit down these star players and and to, to try to work out some type of trade or buyout. Do you think it's that's gonna that's gonna hurt the product? Maybe with these players deciding, ah, I'm not gonna play. LeBron eh. already hurt the product of the league. Well, well, when they yeah, when, I mean, when no, he went I, to Miami, when you talk about the, the product, I mean, in the, the general, and the product of the NBA, the, the, it died. 
It, it died, died back then. It well, died. it died after 05. Of course. You know, when the, when course, they decided the, to change the rules because of the Pistons. Because yep. nobody wanted to see defense. So, to me, the, the NBA died in 2006. But, yeah, when, when these teams, when these players kind of got together in the off seasons, we're like, we're going to collude together. Right? Yeah, yes, guys like Charles Barkley, yeah. Ewing, uh, Isaiah. They never do that. Oh, no. They, they hate no. each other. There's no way they were to play <laughs> to this day. Exactly. To this day, Jordan still hates Isaiah Thomas. Sure. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Hey, oh, hey, absolutely. Isaiah Thomas absolutely. probably fucking shovels his snow. Jordan still hates him. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The, pro- the product's, in my opinion, has kind of been, been dead for a while. But do you think other sports, these players are going to start looking at that? Hey, you know, why don't I start doing that? No, because in the football, NFL, you looked at a player like Le'Veon Bell a few years ago, and Le'Veon did that. Yeah, and he's... yeah, Le'Veon's got a ring. Yeah, but at the same end of things, <laughs> right. he's hurt himself. The, sure, the well, league will blackball you. Yeah, and they know what they're doing. They will do it to Desha- they don't care who you are. Well, they'll do it to Deshaun Watson. We're we're both in agreement. He's not going to play this year. Well, if and, he does and, that, and, it's going to hurt him. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you that. But I think a lot of these players. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I mean, let's we're not going to get into uh, uh, anything that's like. Uh, race related because that's not what we're about. But Colin Kaepernick, he was a serviceable quarterback. Never able to find a job after what he did. Never. Right, but I think uh, you know. I don't think anybody really nope. knows if he's willing to uh, if he's willing to be a backup. Um, no. I think it's no. hard. And when uh-huh. Colin even uh-huh. put on his little debut, he punked him then too. So yeah, I mean, he's done it to himself at the same end of things. When you look at situations like that. What do, they, what do they always say? The grass is not is not always greener on the other side, right? Well, and then another thing, you you have these players that are they are the brand. They're you know just as popular off the field than they are on, and and like you know we always talk about Juju. Juju gives more shits about his followers on TikTok than he does what the hell he does on the field, and it's shown. So I think a lot of these players are like, "Fuck it, I'm going to make money whether I play or not," and and. That's a that's a bad thing for me. Well, it's, I, I, it's because I, I, you hate TikTok. I do like yeah. the I do like the fact uh, <laughs> the players have personalities. Sure, uh, you know, and, and everyone, you know, that was the big thing. Everyone was on the NFL, you know, flagging guys for doing touchdown celebrations, and I, you know, some of that stuff was funny. Like back in the day when. Ocho Cinco would, oh, uh, you know, T.O. pulling, the, pulling yeah. the Sharpie yeah. out of his sock. The, the, the popcorn. Joe, Joe Horn in the. Oh, <laughs> yes. The cell the phone. Ever. The flip phone. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Flip phone comes out. Oh, yeah. Or the infamous Randy Moss yeah. pulling yeah, his pants down. Oh, yeah. Yes, that so. might be the ultimate. Yeah. But I, I get, or I or get, Zeke uh, jumping in the uh, Salvation Army pod. Yeah, I like that. He got fine for that. But I get what you're or saying, Or Barry Tom. just throwing it's, the ball to the official. Oh, you know, you. Class, I mean, I, that, the, yeah. a class act right there. Uh, Nick Chubb is probably the only player that does that in the NFL. Yeah. He just he he plays it like he's been there. All right. Yeah, like Barry Sanders. Hand that ball to the ref. Yep. Back to the sideline. Act like you've been there before. Yep. All right, so, I, so since you brought Barry Sanders up, and Pat, I know you're a uh, a local Detroit uh, sports fan, just like I am, just like George is, just like Tom is. We all are. What? Because you've gone to a lot of games in, in person. What was probably your best game you've ever been to? I'm going to ask this for everybody. So what was your best game that you've gone to that you were live in person, watched it, and – you're like, I'm glad I was a part of that. Uh, oh, this this is this is an easy one. The Maglio walk off. Oh, 
in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Yep, was there with uh, there with my pops. Uh, we were uh, sitting in left field too. Oh. And uh, how many man, beers you drink that day? Oh, and just the. I, I have chills right now because that, that takes me back. The pure joy of that moment, um, you know, everyone's high fiving, you're hugging strangers, you know that, uh, and uh, then you get into the concourse and spill out into the streets, and everyone's party and high five was awesome, and you're just like the Tigers are going to the freaking World mm. Series. Well, I the the um, Dickerson call, yeah, is is will live in just memory in my mind always. Yep. Yeah, and I remember uh, at the, so at that time I lived in in uh, Virginia. Uh, was there. <laughs> the my, I remember jumping off my couch, and I I was in the basement, and both of my hands went through the tiles and the drop ceiling, yeah. went through the tiles, and it was like, oh, shit. And then, and of course, you know, I started crying. I have, I of course you started crying. Yeah, shut up. I, I, have, a, I have that picture uh, of that home run yeah, yeah, hanging in my office. I, have it, yeah. I got it signed. I don't, well, see, I'm, I I, we'll have to get back to how much of a big guy you are when it comes to these signatures. <laughs> Not me, but I got the sign in my office, so. Uh, but, no, that was, that was hands down the, and I was, Getting ready to say, I I almost didn't make it to that game. I, I caught uh, some some flack from the boss uh, traveling back from Virginia to go see this Tiger game while she stayed back uh, back home. And uh, I go, Nancy, I came back. I said, had I missed that, mm. I would have been sick. It was kind. Of, I still give her a hard time for um, I missed the. I wasn't able to go to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, but that's uh, that cost a small fortune, I, I think, to do that. But <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that was that was hands down my favorite. Uh, but my best sports moment. I'd love to hear uh, what you guys have. What do you got, George? Been to a lot of championships, even like going to the uh, drive and the turbos and oh, watching them win back in the day. Detroit drive was so yeah, much fun. Exactly. And those were awesome, like four on the floor and all that. And yeah. I ranked those all high, but I mean, to see just one game and one individual event would be when the Lions beat the Cowboys. At the Silver Dome. In 91? 91? 92. 92. Well, the last playoff game. Yeah. Yes, it was the last playoff game. Went in. Wow. Just to be there was awesome. Yeah. And I was also at the Barry 2,000-yard game a, against the Jets. You're a relic, dude. You're a relic. I am. I am. You were, what, about 35 at that time? Because right. I think I was only about 12. <laughs> My balls aren't old, though. So that's the one thing I got. That's the important thing. It is. It remains to seen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, Rich, I told you. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Hey. Man, so getting, no, that's a great event. Uh, I'm getting ripped out of my own podcast. Even not, been to the Whalers, <laughs> watching the Whalers win that, you know, and stuff oh, like yeah. that too. I mean, I love like those small events like that. But for one major event here in Detroit to consider a Detroit team would be being there at the line, Silverdome when the Lions beat the mm-hmm. Cowboys, and that Barry run is still one of the sweetest runs I've ever seen in person. Oh, oh he just sure. disappears. When you're there, and all of a sudden he just shoots out just of there. That, that was crazy. That was his mo. He'd get into a crowd, and he'd be like, "Yeah, whoops, gone. amazing, amazing." Yeah. Oh man, I love the Silver Dome. I remember as a kid going to <laughs> games there. There's like empty fifths of Jack Daniels in the <laughs> <laughs> Monday, Monday night fight. Fight oh, the, the fighting, the fight. Yep. They let them fight. The fight. Finish the fight. Go back to your seat. Right. And oh, spending like, three hours trying to get out of that fucking yes. place. Yeah, right. and so I mean, if I had to rank up all of the all the ones that I thought that I thought were like special to me, 
going to the Steve Eiserman Jersey retirement game was probably the like the pinnacle of my. They didn't win anything that you know they didn't win. You know it wasn't like a Stanley Cup or anything like that. But being a hockey fan for as long as and I was a hockey fan when it wasn't a cool being a, a Red Wings fan. Just to see him uh, get enshrined in the uh, rafters at Joe Lewis, not the Pizza Palace as Tom calls it. Yeah, but fuck that place. <laughs> but like shit hole. But you know, it, but it's just it's uh, uh, that was probably the one that really sticks out for me as probably one of the one of the best ones I've been to. What about you, Tom? Well, <laughs> let me start off by saying I've never been to a championship game. I've never had the luxury. Um. So kudos to you guys for being able to be, you know, involved in that. That can't imagine the 2006 game. Yeah, I would have probably lost my mind. Uh, the most memorable game. There's, I've got two, and they're, and we'll we'll talk about uh, Stafford, Cleveland. I think it was his second year when he got when, abs- he, when he got absolutely yeah, destroyed. When he, when he got his um, yeah, we're not gonna play. okay. Well, insert drop. Yeah, um, I remember walking out. We were on our way out, walking around the um, stadium, and the drive. So they were making their move, and we stopped, and we kind of watched from behind the end zone, and he gets the touchdown, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Now we got to stick around and see. But then, you know, you didn't know what was going on. You know, he's going to come back as he got smoked. So and then he comes back. Obviously, everyone knows what happened. He gets the two-point conversion, and he becomes kind of a legend around here. But then my other game... It's kind of a big deal around here. Yeah. The other game is um, would have been probably 2008, 2009 uh, at the Palace when Chauncey came back as a Denver Nugget. So I really wanted to be there for that game because I was a huge Billups fan. And just to uh, be there, he made a... uh, uh, a speech before the game, it was really heartfelt. So, like, what he did for the city, you know, what was he was able to bring. With did those, you cry? I did not cry. Okay, right. I did not cry. But that was an exciting moment for me because, I, you know, that was huge. I lived out by the palace when they were running, making that run. Tom's so a, I was, Tom's a sensitive guy. I went to a lot of games. That's and, uh, you know, so, yeah, that was that was a cool moment. Sensitive zone. Yeah. yeah, you know what? It is what it is. Tom, I'm listening. You can keep talking. I know. I, 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 I I'm care. used to it. This guy I, likes I, to talk over me. Yeah, I care. So, yeah, that was that was <laughs> that, that was a cool moment for me. And, you know. All right, so let me do a little game break here. Right now, since one of our uh, uh, guests has been shaking his fist like uh, Don Knotts in a liquor store, <laughs> Michigan State is up. Since we've been seventy to sixty, since we've with four twenty four left, jinxed. Michigan State when we started, we're down. They was they're they down, down by like fifteen. Yeah, yeah, they were down. Yeah. Yeah. I gave them a little pep talk yeah. here on the microphone, and they so, responded nicely. So if they make a turnaround and they make the tournament, and you know we're gonna say, hey, those are talk about the Pat team, Pat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the team, the team, the team. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I had that drop on here, but I think I deleted it off it. Well, that's not helping us now. <laughs> no, it's not. But hey, so anyway, let's let's get down to the meat and potatoes here. Why why I asked you guys to come on? You know, and just give you a little bit of a background. I've known uh, Pat and uh, George, um, and really, I didn't know that they were related until later on down the road. But I've known Pat since about 2013 through uh, coaching baseball with our kids. Uh, Pat is a uh, is a hell of a baseball coach, motivator. 
we've also coached together on a, on a couple teams and stuff like that. And it's uh, an all around good dude. And George, uh, George and I used to uh, used to crack some pins up at the uh, the bowling alley here in South Lyon. And then uh, uh, George uh, took a hiatus from bowling. But we still carried on his legacy of saying uh, he throws the ball so incredibly slow, but it's got so much incredible hook on it. But, uh, but yeah, so I've known these guys since about 2012, 2013. When, when I moved out to South Line, Pat was nice enough on a couple of occasions to return my uh, A2000 glove when I left it at, at a ball field a couple of times, and he'd always laugh when an email would come out saying, if anybody has seen an A2000 glove at a ball field, please contact Rich Jasper. Who the fuck calls it ball field? That's the real problem here. Rich Jasper. Rich Jasper calls it a fucking... I call it a goddamn ball field. You got a fucking problem with that? Old man. Exactly. That's fine. You're older than me. That's uh, true. But uh, so I brought these Probably guys on. balls, too. Uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I brought some danglers. I, I brought these, I brought these uh, guys on the, the cast today because I don't think a lot of people really know, especially I didn't know until, uh, you know, my conversations with George and Pat about it, the resurgence of... Sports trading cards and memorabilia since COVID happened, it is a huge market that's absolutely on fire right now. Where these guys, these people, they were locked in their houses like, well, shit, since I'm in my house, I might as well clean my house out. Oh, shit, look at all this shit I got. Hey, I'm going to sell it. Well, they didn't know what they had. You got guys like the two guys that are sitting next to me are like, I'll buy it from you. So they'd buy it and they'd go through, price it. And, and auction it off, sell it, and stuff like that. And it's actually a pretty damn good business going on with you guys. So uh, please, Pat, go ahead and give me a plug for your uh, your eBay. I mean, uh, yeah, the Coach Pat Sports Cards uh, LLC launched in uh, April uh, of 2020 during the quarantine. But yeah, I mean, as as Rich said, uh, you know, this, this was a hobby that we were we were all into as kids. You know, kids of the '80s and '90s, we'd jump on our bikes and, and ride up to the local card shop and pick up a couple packs and open them with our friends. And trade. chew on that stale ass oh, gum. Yes, it's our Udex. You take out of, the gum and then throw the cards off. Uh, put them in your bike spokes. Out of, we'd eat the gum out of the Opeachy Premier yeah. cards. Oh, you man. bust teeth, you know, tops, you know, the wax paper. I mean, but that stuff right there, I mean, like, when when you and I were talking about it, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, so I got to, like, make a trip out to my parents' house because I'm pretty sure I got some stuff still lingering around down there. But, uh, I mean, shit. I mean, I, I remember the biggest thing was is going to uh, the card shop and Rap. getting the latest Beckett Monthly yep. to see what your cards were worth. Exactly. And that's... You know, as a kid, you kind of learn, uh, you know, the business side of it a little bit. You learn, you know, if, if a card is, you know, worth 50 cents last week, it went up to a dollar because Jose Canseco hit, a, hit a, you know, two home runs last night. But, um, you know, that's why it's been fun for me. I, I've, you know, it's a hobby that I've been able to, to bring my kids into. And, you know, for, for us as kids of the 80s and 90s, we want our kids to experience some of the same stuff we did, you know, going to the card shops, going to the card shows, ripping open packs and looking for that Zion rookie card. My kids go nuts for that stuff. It was the anticipation for me, like, God, this is the one. This is the pack. Yep. I'm going to get my uh, uh, 
big star or whatever that I could put in the in the glass case. So what? So what you're trying to tell me is you're trying to raise your kids to be like Gen X's, like we all were, <laughs> instead of the millennials. <laughs> let's yeah, say, let's just. I mean, come on. Jobs at fourteen, they're going to work their asses off. We're going to we're going to get them working. <laughs> Nothing's going to be handed to them. They're going to be oh, working exactly. You know, and that's you know, and that's the thing is like. Uh, you know, my kids collect cards, but I don't think they're on the scale of, you know, Will and Cole. But they're like, hey, can I get a pack of cards? Dad ain't going to say no because Dad's like, well, you know what? Why don't I get a pack for myself, <laughs> you know, type deal. Yep. You know, and, and the thing is, so so a couple questions that I have, and uh, George, George, you've been doing this. You said you've set up, you used to set up at card, uh, card shows when you were 14 years old. Yeah, thirty. 31 years now I've been doing this. So. Yeah, so you've been swindling people for 31 years, huh? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's all about the hustle, baby. But, I mean, that's really what it is. And so, uh, you know. I you're going to call me a jive turkey there. But it's like, <laughs> nah, I ain't going to call you no yeah, jive turkey. You've already called it to me a couple no, times. No, I mean. You just call me a jive turkey. Yeah, I did. I did I'm call you a jive turkey. But, hey. But, <laughs> so. <I'm> so, <laughs> uh, so Pat's, Pat's got his eBay thing going on. And then you also have something going on. And uh, Go ahead and plug it. Know what's going on. Yeah, for about, well, Five years I've been doing uh, live auctions on Facebook okay. and uh, collector groups. And approximately three years ago, I started my own collector's group the, uh, with the help of a couple of my other buddies, um, Kevin Bowman, Colt Thompson, and Bobby White. Um, we started our own Facebook group, uh, Collectibles, the Four Horsemen Live Auctions, Sports Cards, Memorabilia, and Collectibles page. And we do nothing but live auctions on there. People sell, trade on there too. Joe Swingle. Scott Bass. Is this Kevin Cowles? Oh my boys. This is actual audio, ladies and gentlemen. This is George. He works wonders with his tongue. I need some beer. All right, that was good. Okay. But no, we've been doing that in... It's really cool. I think more than anything, it helps with the psyche, especially during this whole shutdown time for the past year. Um, people like Pat, who've gotten into it, you know, hard and heavy, and he's doing a great job with it. Um, it gives us that time to talk, a lot of people to talk. So you're meet, I'm meeting different people all the time. You get to like personally know them in a way too, without meeting them, and it's really been a cool thing and as for the sports cards industry itself it's taken off i've never seen anything like it yeah and, and i've in the last couple of weeks or whatever i mean you guys know i've hopped on i've hopped on a couple right. of pat's lives i've hopped on your lives and stuff like that but you know it's amazing like i see some of these cards that you guys have and i'm like you know i used to have that card and i well and here's the thing is i got some good advice because i'm like you know what i got a card I took a picture of it and I sent it to Pat. And Pat goes, "Take it out of that case immediately." Screw down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Take it out immediately." Yep. So what? What's the issue with the screw down ones? So, I, and I'm, I, just, I, I mean, I just want to know because I'm going to have to go to the store and get a different case so I can take it out of that one. Yeah, I, I'm as guilty as anyone. Right. Uh, you know, anytime you get a great card, I remember I had a couple Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, 89 Upper Deck rookies that I, when I got them as a kid, I put them in that screw-down case, and, and what that does, it presses, and a lot of times people don't have it in the penny sleeve, which is the, you know, slim plastic protector, but even that may not help it totally, but with that, those two 
that big heavy plastic pressing down so heavy on the surface. Does it pull the finish off? <laughs> yep, it can pull the finish mm. off. And so if you were to send that card off to get graded, it's going to get dinged pretty significantly from a grading standpoint, hence, uh, you know, lowering your potential resale value of that card. But a lot of times the cards that people had in those types of cases are maybe cards you have no intention of selling at all. Well, and let me tell you, so let me go back and tell everybody. So I sent Pat a text of a card that I got from my dad. A 1954 Ted Williams card. And I don't ever have any ambitions on selling this card. Um, maybe one day I'll give it to my kids or something like mm-hmm. that. But that was something that my dad gave me. He's like, here you go. He gave me a bunch of other ones, and they were, I, they were like, I didn't even, that was the only recognizable one out of the group. So I was like, ah. So then, well, with following you guys and seeing how you guys present your cards and your memorabilia, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this is not right. So I'm glad I did reach out to you with that or whatever. So I'm going to have to go and make a change and make it, you know, get a hard, you know, like a hard case. And coach, coach Pat's sports cards will take care of you. See, that's what I'm talking about yeah. right there. I had an experience with that case you're talking about. So I had a 1988, NBA Hoops Series One David Robinson. Yes, the 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 David Robinson rookie card. Yep. Not, and not and the oh, I when I got that card, I was doing you know somersaults out of the card store. Admiral. And so you know it's in the case. My sister comes in. What's this? Drops it. Card goes jamming right into the screw. Yeah. And it was like as a kid, my life was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you right now. Rookie. I wanted to. Oh man, that's like beat down material. Oh, right there. I was there. so I was so devastated because that card was ruined because it had a little, you know, in the corner. It was yeah. just a little crease. I'm like, no, that's all it takes. Yeah. Oh, and I think you know probably my sister did the whole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody, oh, that's I'm probably. Sure, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what uh, came out of her mouth. I think and didn't didn't help the matter. <laughs> so, so um, when it comes to grading, so what is like the process you got to go through? I mean, I know that there's, uh, I'm sure there's several different companies out there, but which one would be like the, I guess like the like the gold standard on grading a card? I mean, Beckett, be, Beckett PSA. still PSA is probably number one. They are the king of grading. Uh, Beckett Grading Company, they got theirs. They're number two, and then I'd go SGC three. Uh, those are really your top three dogs there. Um, but so when they, when they grade them, like what are they like? What are they looking uh, for? You're looking at corners, surface, edges, centering. Okay, so those all play a role. I mean, centering front and back. You know, you kind of go with everything. It's kind of interesting too. Uh, Beckett does a, a subgrade. It's called. So it's going to show you the grades of the corners, the centering the edges, the surface. Okay. And I think that's really cool. It's, so that's some people prefer Beckett be, just because of that. Um, but when you're talking about the investment in it, nothing's top than PSA. It will one and a half times at minimal on what Beckett sells for, wow. a Beckett grade would sell yeah. for. Yeah, so the same card in a PSA 10 versus a BGS, which is Beckett 9.5, which people say is the equivalent to the PSA 10. That PSA card will sell for 150 versus, you know, what uh, 75 bucks yeah. for the other card or 400. Yeah, right on there. Yep. 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 
So, oh, okay. And then the so the print is, the, is that based off how they scrutinize their scoring, or I think it's just PSA has been around longer. <laughs> yep, and the collections people tend to just collect straight what those slabs are. They can collect PSA mostly. Okay. Yep. And then and, and so to get a card graded, you have to prep it. You know, you, you you wipe it down. You look at it. You know, under the six point light and microfiber cloth the surface and. You know, really look at it because you have to pay to get your card graded and, you know, send it off. So you want to make sure it's one that has a chance to score a 9 or a 10. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still very subjective. You know, it's there's some that's a there's a human element to it. Uh, you know, that, that hey, on this day, this guy thinks this card is a PSA 8 or 9, and Johnny in the next cubicle over might score it a 10. So that's the, okay. that's the one, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say flaw, but you know it's. Uh, but you have so many. There's a lot of new grading companies entering the the space now because all these grading companies are so far backed up. Because all the people that got into collecting during the pandemic were sending cards off to PSA to get graded. What, and, tip, and uh, no, so typically, what is it? What, I mean, what do they charge for a grading? Uh, you're gonna look at right around on average twenty twenty dollars a card. Let's say on average. Um, okay. The higher the grade, like talking about the Gretzky rookie earlier and stuff like that, you're going to be paying, you know, $150, $200 to get that graded. Really? Yeah, because of the value of the card right. itself. Yeah, you're going to get it back and then some. So what, and I you're mean, going to get it back quicker. And too. it helps set the value. The value, yes. Yeah. So that's why. And then based the on the value, so you're suddenly a Jordan rookie. And <laughs> what are you paying on a Jordan rookie now? Is it like 500 or uh, on a PSA 10? Well, to send, it's, yeah. It's, like, it's, pro, it's approaching a million dollars. No, to send it in. Uh, oh, to graded. send it in. Yeah, it'd be it'd be you a, know, a, a well Jordan over a thousand. Yeah, a Jordan PSA rated ten. Twenty five. A million dollars. A million dollars now. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's it's last <laughs> one sold for like seven fifty. I believe there's it's, two it's, in it's auction the next right now. Million dollar card. Yeah, unbelievable. Are you for real? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's everything's amazing. I was just looking the other day. Of Brett Holy Hall, shit! Brett Hall rookie eighty eight eighty nine tops. Really? Uh, a PSA ten goes for twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> Now let me now let me ask you this. Now 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 I want to ask you this. So we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about that. I know exactly what card you're talking about. So at that time you had Opeachy and Tops. Same picture, same everything. Just one is labeled as a Tops. One is labeled as Opeachy. And that's in the hockey world. What baseball too? Oh, oh baseball. yeah, baseball too. So what what makes the Opeachy one? Um, because here. So when I was a kid growing up in that year. I bought Opeachy, Opeachy Premier. Was it Opeachy Premier? Uh, not till ninety ninety one. Ninety nine ninety one. Yeah. Yes. So I used to buy Opeachy, but I, I had a Brett Hall rookie card. I had all those cards. We were fortunate in the state of Michigan that we got Opeachy. Is that an, is that a Canadian? Yes. Canadian. Yes, Canadian. It's the Canadian tops. So basically. is that more? Is that worth more? They're worth more, and the reason it is is just it's about amount of production. Number one, they were produced less, especially here in the states. Okay. And the toughest thing in their cuts of cards, they just were rough edges. If you, I always said they were cut with dull CCM blades. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just it looked bad. Some of these cuts, you got a okay. rough cut along the edge, centering's off, and grading is tough on the OPGs. And yeah, but it, what? But now, here, now, now here's another question I ask you about the grading. So knowing that <laughs> that is a a flaw from the manufacturer, is is that factored in the grading? Like I mean, if it's off center, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it because say say they can go and get a thousand Brett Hall rookie cards mm-hmm. from Opeachy. I'm just as an example, 
And they're all off center like that. So, I mean, do they know that that's the way it was cut? Well, they're not going to. Yeah, but it does. It still doesn't matter. It's still going to yeah, be graded based on it. Like, there's a card ninety nine, the nineteen ninety ninety one Opeechi um, Brian Lee rookie. Okay. Okay. Notoriously off center. I'm talking like in a ninety percentile. Everyone out there. Wow. To find a ten, to find one centered, is so tough. So, and that would make the card worth more money. Yes. Make the card worth more. So PSA is not going to cheapen themselves, or these great companies aren't going to cheapen themselves. Just saying, well, give them the benefit out. That's the way they used to cut it back then, or that's mm-hmm. the way they used to do it. I'm doing a field trip that, tomorrow. <laughs> you should. I'm doing a field trip tomorrow. Yeah, you've got it's a you've it, got man. a treasure chest down there. I, I know what I probably do. You wouldn't oh, even know it now. Sure. I mean, five years ago, I'll be honest with you, with you that I would have probably told you to throw them away because I threw away a bunch of my stuff in the '90s and eight. It's just such junk. Now everything is coming back. My everything. collection burned with the I mean, garage. I mean, it's oh. like I mean, it's like a. I mean, it's a <laughs> still under investigation. You know, and that's the reason why I brought <laughs> you guys on because, <laughs> because there is a. I mean, there is a resurgence with. I mean, just sitting in those auctions. I mean, people are like actively spending coin yeah. to get these get these cards. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild, and, and a lot of people are. Are you know using this as an as an alternative revenue stream? Uh, you know, so you see people doing this. Uh, you know, in addition to the stock market, a stock market will yield what a, you know five percent uh, on a on a good year annually. I mean, you can make five times that. GameStop uh, has nothing on us. <laughs> well, it sounds like it because I mean, shit. Uh, you know, just I mean, I was okay, so here's a prime example. Pat, week or so ago, you had an auction. And you had the, uh, was it eighty nine ninety Bob Probert rookie yeah, card? Yeah, eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. You had the Bob Probert rookie card on there. And my personal opinion, I'm like, well, at the time when it first came out, and I remember looking in Beckett because I had, I, I, I can almost guarantee I probably have one at home, Opeechi at home at my yeah, parents' house. Sure. But that, like that right there, I like think about it. I'm like, well, you know. I remember looking at Beckett and the cars were like two bucks. And he's like, all right, we're uh, starting to bid off or whatever, and we're going to uh, we're gonna start to bid off. And we're going to pay all the money. That's pretty much what I listened to. And that's just sold for like 30 bucks. Yeah. It's sold for like 30 bucks. And I was, and it was funny. Like, come on, everybody, let's get number twenty-four. Let's go twenty-four, 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 twenty-four. Come on, anybody got twenty-four? Twenty-four pass. Twenty-four pass. And so he's like, twenty-five, twenty-five. I'm like, holy shit! I, I, I bid on that card. He's ready to go live. Yeah, I bid on that card. Don't give him any ideas. I, bid, I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you know, this card. I remember what the card was worth. I'm like, dude, this card was worth like how I was gonna buy for like nostalgic reasons. Right. I didn't, and I wasn't paying four dollars shipping because I would have just drove down the street and picked it up. But I'm just but I'll provide free delivery, free local delivery, free, yeah. like the butchery, like the butchery, yeah, exactly. Good and I was just like, oh my god! I'm like, somebody just bought, the, and I think it was Joe Swingle. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it was Swingle or Scott Bass or somebody. But I mean, 
I you mean, just you guys just buy amongst each other. It, I mean, no, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a fun group. It's a, it, the part of it is the social aspect of it, right? And we're, uh, we understand. I've done it with on George's auctions. I know I've overpaid for certain cards, but you know it's fun. We're having a couple pops and watching the auction, and uh, you know, and in most cases, it's pretty low. You know, not anything super high end that people are going to break the bank on. Just fun cards back and forth, and it's uh, so it is. It's a fun group. It is. You don't see like a you know you're not getting a ton of viewers and. You know, it takes time to get it, and uh, but it's the same. It's the same group of guys, and it's it's a good group of guys. But That's see, the here's the thing, Tom. I'm gonna. I'll tell you. You'll have to. You'll have to invite them to your uh, to your your uh, auction group there. But there's probably uh, maybe I think I probably I think seem like like twenty some guys on there, and it's the same guys that are buying these cards so it's kind of like it's a, it's a, it's like a getaway for a lot of people like they just it's like a group of camaraderie kind, kind of a thing about earlier where you get that social aspect yeah. of it you know through that and it, it becomes tight it's really cool you guys have the same likes and things of that what's nature the, yes what's the rule on the fireball oh. <laughs> I, I mean you got to hear this you got to hear this, this guys so the so the auctioneer uh, so it, please uh explain it to us George. All right, so Wait, explain it to us. Hooray! <laughs> so just started any item that I sell that sells for fifty dollars or more, I do a shot of fireball. Now if it sells for a hundred dollars, I do a double flamethrower. I do two fireball shooters at once. Sells for three, I do the triple Lindy. <laughs> I do four, we're pretty much fucked up at that point and it keeps going on. But George um, is laying on the floor in the I've, bathroom at four. Yeah, the most I've done in one night is eleven. No. Yeah. Didn't you fall asleep at that I, one? Yeah, that's when where I was snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's uh, why that card went for so cheap. It was. It was, oh, it was a awesome. complete mess. And uh, but the and those again are the stories. Just like us sitting here in the garage and doing this, and you guys even before this talking about getting your podcast together. These guys carry these stories. Together, like, mm-hmm. oh, when George did this and when so-and-so spent this much money on this card, it makes for great, great conversation. It just helps out. And I continue to do it, and now I sign a fireball for them and ship it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so. And sometimes it's a great, because sometimes people will, well, if they're close enough to 50, like you're in that 36, 37 range, Choo-choo. Somebody will just bid it up to fifty just to see just, the fire. Just, yeah, they just, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if they ever Looks want, like George I, is a little tired. We I've need to we it. need to put him over the top. I'm as guilty as charge of doing. And it. Like Christmas time, I'm wearing the Santa hat and <laughs> oh. giving away stuff too. So, and, so no. Here's the thing that's funny is a couple of weeks ago I was on Facebook and I, after the auction me. was over and I was yeah. after the auction was over and I was looking at uh, I was looking at the comments and everything like that and there was a comment for a, from a specific lady that said. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Were you okay, Pat? I was. That, yeah, but that's my first one, and I, I learned after I break, after breaking down the game film the next day, uh, Tito's and, and the auction don't really mesh well together. So now we've, we've strictly, uh, you know, we struck a sponsorship with Bell's Hop Slam, and that, <laughs> that keeps you cruising. I saw that, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, I dude, I knocked over the backdrop. I think I... 
dropped a Jeter card. I was a, was a you have an amateur drop on there. <laughs> uh, no, okay. But we'll get one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. We're, breaking, uh-huh. we're breaking down film. We're, we're taking more reps. Uh-huh. I had to have a talk with Pat the next morning immediately. Yeah, I had to uh, speak to my his manager. His phone was ringing at 8 a.m. He was already, I'm already over. To me. Give your meat a good old rub. You, you had to do yeah, a little coaching. Boy. This is this is how you do it. You got to yeah. stay upright, Pat. Got to stay upright. I got called into Lumberg's office. Oh uh, man, I saw that. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, Pat. Well, well, no, no, but here's the thing: is I didn't know that like you guys would do it like individually at your own place. Like I was thinking to myself, it was a, I think it was like a Friday night, and I'm like, So I wonder if Pat went over to George's and they're sitting there and they're doing this, whatever. Are you okay? Oh. I was thinking to myself. I'm like, Yeah. I'm like. Well, Pat, she was just above. I'm, I, I, I'm like, did, I'm like, did, did Pat go MIA here? Yeah, no, I, I did uh, go over and watch George do one of his auctions just to kind of get a feel for how it's done. So it's and he uh, had to do Fireball while he was there. Yes, uh, I go. I better get out of here. But uh, that would well, not bode well for me. Hey, George, we're not going to get into any George stories at the casino. We'll just keep that between us. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> We will keep that between us. It's a soft subject. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> hey, those ba- bathrooms are comfortable. <laughs> Fire Where, where's my phone at? <laughs> it's still in the same. It's still in the same uh, stall that you fell asleep in, George. Jeez. Oh, that might be another podcast. Was that a fireball night? Oh, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. No, that was a that was an all day drinking affair yeah. at the. Michigan at, at the Michigan State Bowling Tournament. Ooh, and the um, next day was a. Ooh, was oh brutal. God, yeah, George, yeah, you were and you were my doubles partner, and you fucking sucked. I did. <laughs> you did. But you I did, did well in singles. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey! <laughs> you go there and you're at. The, well, you know, we'll just we'll just fucking talk about it. I love it. Let's Fuck go. it. We'll just talk about. It. So we went to a bowling <laughs> tournament some years ago in Battle Creek. First and foremost, George is the only guy who got his own room. Uh, table, some, for, table for one. Somebody, Sorry. somebody was hitting on the uh, the lesbian at the counter, and she ended up hooking everybody up with a room with everybody got just one single king bed. But the problem with that, the caveat behind that was, is um, we were sharing rooms and we were going to have double beds, but everybody got king size beds. So it. Was an awkward weekend. Well, it was an awkward weekend. No, it gets oh, no, it gets better. So, like, hey, you know what? We get done. We're drinking all day at at the bowling alley. We get back to the hotel. Hey, George. Hey, you guys want to go to Firekeepers? Yeah, fuck it. We'll so it's not oh. called Firekeepers anymore. It's called Money Keepers. So, so we get there, and we are walking around. George goes, "I'm going to go hit the ATM." George goes, hits the ATM. Pulls out money, undisclosed amount of money. I don't want to talk about that. So how many how many commas in the uh, in the figure? He's let me carry on with his story, okay? Quit interrupting. There is no man. commas in this one. So, so but he went to the ATM after he had already drained his wallet out once. So he goes and takes out the max that you can take out. He we'll just say it's the max. Just drained his wallet. That, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, no, that's it. He wasn't filling holes. This wasn't either. this story, okay? Joe, okay, just, so, just just checking. So, Problem. so he goes and 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 does that, and then uh, he goes to the tables. He proceeds to go to the tables, loses everything that he had, and then George becomes MIA for a while. 
So we're walking around the casino. We're like, where the fuck is George at? Looking for the paper, rock, scissors table at that point. <laughs> Pick a hand. <laughs> thinking, yeah. of, thinking of a number. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Let me guess your weight. That's what he wanted. Let me guess your weight. So one seventy-seven. So so we're so we're looking for George. Nowhere to be found. And then out of, then out of nowhere, some guy comes walking down and is George, hammered as fuck. Hey George, how much money did you spend? All you saw was hands up, five fingers on each side. So we took that as a G note. That's what we took. We took it as a G note. Mind you, we saw him play the tables and then leave. So we're like, all right, dude. So the dude was here for like thirty minutes. Already done a G note. Thirty minutes is being generous, I dude. By the too, way, yeah, it's being generous. And then he's like. There's a lot of splits. We're like, we're like, we're, we're, splits, double down. Yeah. We're like, don't. Hey, uh, can I split? George, where you been? He goes, I've been in the bathroom. <laughs> he went to the bathroom, went into a stall. Not because I was excited. Passed the fuck out in the stall. Mind you, we've been drinking all day. Yes. Passed out, passed out in the stall. Then he comes out. He's like, where's my fucking phone at? He goes back in the bathroom, same fucking stall. Phone's still sitting there. Wow. <laughs> that was your... Did you do any more gambling after that? Oh, no. Fuck no. Oh, you no. should have. Oh, that, that, was was, that was a good luck. Was I was just making sure I could hop in the cab with those guys, too. Oh, my back. God. I had to... Oh, my... And we're like, hey, you want to go to the strip club? No. No. <laughs> I've already drained my wallet. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go to a strip club in West, Western Michigan, side of state. <laughs> and they, they need tips, too. Hey. Tips? Any tips. Whatever oh, tip tips you want to give them. Okay. Yeah. Tips. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, it, so, it's better than uh, Westland, Michigan, right, going to a strip club. Good point. All right, good so, point. so we went like way off the rails on this one. <laughs> so, let's get, so let me ask you this question. So right now, 2021, what is the hottest card manufacturer? See, back then, Opeachy was the big one. So what would you say is the big one now? It depends what sport. Yeah. Um, oh, break it down for sports. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not because it's not as easy as that now. Like Panini, they don't have the license to Major League Baseball. Okay, they produce a product, but everything's got no logos on it. Okay, so that's a nice product, but to me, I don't like it just because it doesn't. It doesn't. Have, it doesn't showcase. It doesn't the logo. show what it is. Yeah, exactly. All that. So, but you're looking for basketball, Panini, NFL, um, Panini, NFL, Panini. Um, Football. Now, now let me ask you this question. So was Panini the one that used to do the sticker books? Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yep. I remember yep. those. Panini used to do sticker books back in the day. And when you're looking at baseball, you're right. It depends what the product is, but Bowman and Tops, which are the same company technically, Tops owns Bowman. Dude, I remember Bowman used to be garbage. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Bowman used to be fucking exactly. garbage. It was bottom of the barrel. You go back to the nineteen fifties and that's where Tops came out and Tops took it away from them. Bowman oh. was out first and Tops came out and took it right away from them and made the nicer product. Um, but Bowman and Tops are right there. And the one thing, I, and a hockey, Upper Deck. Upper Deck. Upper Deck makes them, oh, man, I tell you what. They were like, always There's like... a product called the Cup. And when the Cup comes out, it's like the Super Bowl of sports card collecting for hockey fans. These patches in there, game used jersey relics, the, every card is on-card auto. Um, and when I mean on-card auto, I'll kind of follow up with that, too. Um, Panini Tops, what they'll do sometimes is they'll send a player a sticker sheet, a, like a clear sticker sheet, and that player just signing all these little stickers, and then they take oh. the stickers and put them on the cards. Oh, okay. So the, the card on-card auto always contains a little bit more value because 
it's a lot sharper looking too, you know. I mean, that autograph sometimes got cut off by the sticker because, let's face it, guys' signatures now are just line, line, line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Overlapping right. each yes. other. Yeah, right. everybody think I'm a doctor with my signature. <laughs> well, it's, it's fucking terrible. God, that's not happening. <laughs> um, well, touche. Wait, hold on, hold on. You were just asking for an, a prostate exam earlier. I never asked, sir. <laughs> 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 but I never complained here. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, you look at that, and the upper deck is great. For hockey, and truly, I miss my upper deck the most in baseball, football, everything. Do they yeah. not do baseball anymore? They lost the licensing agreement, and I remember upper deck was always my favorite. Their yeah, their cards were were like when, when they, they had they the, out the frames just, around. It was it was always just sharp, beautiful yeah. cards. My favorite my favorite card growing up brand was probably. I want to say it was the '87 tops when oh, they the had that border. the wood border. Yeah. Yeah. Those were Sharp. the prettiest cards I remember. That was was that McGuire's rookie year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Bo tops Jackson. does like a thirtieth, thirty fifth anniversary every year. And last year was the '87 tops where they would have that as an insert card. Yeah, so you'd have modern day players on an '87 oh. tops insert. So this yep. year's '86 tops though. Okay. Oh, oh, with, with, with the, the, the frame on the, the top. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. the, the big letter like tigers yep. and then the name. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So it's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that black yep. black border on top. So yep. like that Lance Parrish card to me in the eighty six tops is always like the coolest card. I don't know why. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So Oh, these memories. Bringing back memories. <laughs> that's the that's the great thing about it. And that's uh, you know, that's what that when I started sifting through all these cards that, that my you know, my mom had in this big rubber made bin. I was like, man, oh, I didn't idea. I was remember. Then it brought me back to going to the. Like, I rem- like you're like, I remember going with so and so to this place and getting this car. Yeah, I, like, yeah, wow. I used to work at Mary Seven Coins when I was no, you sixteen. Did. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, I drove up from here south line. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I probably ran into you then. I'm sure you did. Yeah, I used to work there. Midnight Madness. He we used to have too on a Friday, Saturday nights. It was crazy stuff, man. Because I'm, I'm sure so, George overcharged you at some point at Mary's. No, 7. so you used to go to Tweenies and yeah, Tweenies get, get the breadsticks oh, there, yeah, man. For oh, sure. the breadsticks at Tweenies. Oh yeah. Oh, Do you remember <laughs> the girl that used to work there with the? Oh my yes. Oh yeah, exactly. With the Tweenies. Wow. They were Tweenies. tweenies. Yeah, they yeah. were Tweenies. Right. They, they, they were Tweenies. Right. It's like the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No. So well, funny you say this. So I grew up like two blocks away from there. Oh, were you? Yes. Were you behind? No, I so if what you were, ran? I was on Bainbridge, so oh, yeah, if you, yeah, if so you going down south, yep, yeah, yep. If you'd have went the other way, and that's yeah. where I was at. Yep, I know Livonia well. Yeah, you used to uh, stop at uh, Primos. Oh, you guys low. You gotta get the slice. Grease cup, the grease oh, yeah. cup pepperonis. Just there. The best. Those are so tasty. The best. So, uh, so. <laughs> I love pepperonis. <laughs> there's pepperoni. oh, there's gonna, the, the drop. Know, by the way, that's going to be a drop. I love pepperonis. Okay. But that's, when we have our gonna pizza a, edition. That's going to be a Ooh, I love pepperoni. Pizza edition? Yeah, we, oh, we yeah, need to have a pizza edition. We are going to have a pizza edition. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't talk about it, but we we just hammered it down just yeah, now. Just, we're going to have a pizza edition. I love it. We're going to have a pizza, oh, edition. Yeah, gonna have a pizza edition. We'll do a pizza and beer edition. But we're going to have to bring... I mean, look at me. I love We're going to bring pizza pad over. And yeah. we're going to have to get Pizza Cole. Yeah, the Pizza King of South Lyon, yeah. Cole Noonan. Yeah, Cole Noonan. Loves his pizza. All right, so real quick uh, before we end up closing here. So I got to ask you, what is the probably the most valuable card that you possess or what you have, have sold? If you tell me Honus Wagner, I'm punching in the face. You're in the, the wrong garage. I guess the you're on the wrong podcast. The top, uh, the most valuable one that I've sold is my uh, my 2011 Mike Trout uh, Tops Update rookie. I still have one more, uh, but that card started to pop big time. 
Uh, I said, I, I've got to let one of these go. Uh, the one that I'm holding right now that is my, my most uh, valuable is my LeBron James uh, Topps Chrome rookie. Um, so he's a guy, and, and you know, I'll kind of close on this. I, you know, there's different ways to invest. You know, if you invest, you can invest, and you can also collect. That's a great thing. Uh, but you know, I would I would diversify your investments. You want to uh, invest in some of these legends, guys that are going to be relevant uh, after they retire. LeBron will certainly be that. Uh, and, and people like to gamble on some of the new rookies, uh, and so that's what the you know with sports gambling. Coming I've seen back, Torkelson's name come out Torkelson like crazy, is going crazy. Uh, you know, somebody might think, hey, uh, you know, Pete Alonso's is due for a big year. That Mets just acquired Lindor. I think Pete Alonso, you can buy his rookie cards for for pretty cheap right now, and he's he comes out and hits fifty home runs this year. Guess what? Those Pete Alonso cards have. Have doubled, so it's fun to do that part of it too. Kind of, it's guess. like the stock market, right? You but, take a risk, yes. But you're more. I feel like you're, you're more informed. I feel like I know more about you know baseball and basketball than I do about some of these S and P five hundred companies. Um, you know, so that's the fun part about it. It's it's, it's so you know you collect, you bring the kids into it. It's your sports. It's so, a, what's the value of of those two cards that that you mentioned? Uh, <laughs> like selling value. Like, what what do you think you could fetch for him? So, uh, the Mike Trout sold for sixty five hundred, and uh, the LeBron right now is is approaching seven thousand. Wow. Um, but I I have no. I'm going to hold on to that. I mean, I think, and that's in a vault. I would hope. <laughs> it's, it's, Top drawer. It's uh, you know and right, under the, right under the pistol. <laughs> Not in right. the sock drawer. And, I, I, you know, and it, 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 that, that that fucking that blows my mind. It's wow. crazy. It is. Uh, it's. And it, do you anticipate that? We'll just say Mike Trout card. Do you think you know that's going to just keep climbing and climbing? Yeah, I mean, I you know, at some point there is going to be a softening of the market. It's it's just inevitable. I mean, the way things are going right now, there will be a, a bit of a reset, and, and maybe in in you know, in doing so, Trout's card drops a little bit. But in the long run, um, you know, it'll it'll go back up as as all these new people have come into the hobby now. You know, some of these younger kids and middle school, high school kids. Those are going to be the same kids twenty years from now that like are you are now exactly like pulling now. pulling their cards out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's everything's cyclical, and uh, I think the hobby is, is here to stay for sure. I mean, there's just so much new money and investors pouring into it, and it's so much fun. I, I love everything about it. So, George, what 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 would you say? Um, I'm a lot more of a vintage collector throughout the years, and we had a my dad and I collected for a long time, and we built a '63 Topps baseball set, Pete Rose rookie year, oh. and we had it PSA graded all eight and above the complete set. Wow. And we broke that up about four or five years ago. We also had the 54-55 Tops Hockey with Gordie Howe, Saw Truck Rookie Year. We had that all complete set, PSA 7 and above. Um, so the buy-sell thing on it, sometimes I don't look at it as a value, and I look at it as more as like, what did I own at one time or what do I own now type yeah. thing because of that. And that's the cool thing. And as for investments in it and where we're going with the market on this, my advice right now, and I – I gave this advice to my father, even, who's 74 years old. Um, they sold their house a couple years ago. I said, give me some money. Let me buy cards. And he's like, ah, I don't want to do it. But I tell you what, if he would have done it, mm-hmm. it two it'd years be ago, disgusting. Yeah. The, even the turn on it. It's like if you follow the Bitcoin at all and the market with that, with the way that's going. Doge? 
well, I mean, besides the Doge, but does strictly Bitcoin. GameStop? Yeah. <laughs> the market's unbelievable. And there, there is more spending right now in our country than there's ever been for over the past year. And I think that's going to continue, continue. There is so much money out there right now, and it's not going to stop. And people are going to keep buying and spending. And I think when Pat said, yeah, it's going to, it's not going to hit a halt like it did when I kind of mentioned that to Rich, like, oh, five years ago, I would have told you to throw those cards away. I don't think we'll get that low ever again where it's going to be like everything's going to go down to like, oh, that's such just garbage, basically. Right. Just burn it. Yeah, it kind of went by the wayside. It did. It really did. It I did. And I think more we're going to see this where you two are interested, sports fans, collected as kids, still have it besides Mr. Fire Guy. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, yeah. that stuff's out there, and you still have it. And you're going to see more and more resurgence in this of, it's almost like when back in the 80s when people were pulling out the 52 tops out of their garage and showing to Mickey Mantle mm-hmm. and finding it. And believe me, that story is still there. Yeah. It's still in somebody's attic somewhere. And I think that's where, like, Pat, we're going to find it. Right, but it's Where Pat's situation, the cards he has. We're going to find it. Yeah. We're going to find it. 20 years from now, that card, like, oh, that vintage, you know, in 20 years. And it's hard to keep up with everything right now, and I don't even know if Pat is aware of this. 1990 Marvel comic cards are out. It's ridiculous what they're going for right now. Yeah. I collect Captain America. I'm not even a comic guy, and I don't even know. I've never even watched comic movies. Yeah, you are. Well, there's not, there's there's an example of an investment. My parents said twenty one. Still so. playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you at Universal Studios dressed up as a wizard in the Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> that was last week. I, can, right. I knew it was you. You had a fireball uh, fifth in yeah, your back pocket. We knew it was yeah, you. Yeah, he's a wizard. Hey kids, all right. hey kids, I'm a dragon. You want to see some fireball? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, shoot, I shoot fireball out of my... <laughs> Never mind. George but, uh, like, like, George like, not say, I can't make a comeback because I don't even know it. You guys are like talking all this smack. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, too. My head's like... <laughs> I don't even know where I was at, but... Well, well that's cool, man. I mean, But that was a classic example of, like, you're not a comic book fan, but you know the but, worth and the value yeah, the and the investment. Like, we're seeing things like this that are just going up in value. Gold and silver has shot back up. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, all this stuff is moving. It's just not the sports cards. Mm-hmm. The sports cards, guess what? They're pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's what we get to with mm-hmm. that. Sure. You know, and I think that's the best thing. People can identify with it. We talked about it where our favorite game was, favorite event to go to. We identify mm-hmm. with something like that. Yep. Ticket stubs. Huge mm-hmm. collectors and ticket stubs. Well, and, and that's an, like from back in and you all know, our day. And now by PSA. And... We don't really have that. The kids these days don't have the it's ticket stuff. The phone, it's all phone. mobile. Right. So we used to do like uh, shadow boxes with the tickets right, and whatnot, yeah. And, yeah. and and that was part part of the the, the experience of going to a game. God, I remember stuff. that game, yes. you know, and where I sat and you know what I ate or whatever yep. the case may be. But you, know, you buy, sell, collect. You want to identify, sure, with what it is, mm-hmm. and I think that's the most important thing. And that's what got Pat back into it back a year ago. You know, he jumped into it. Due to he identified with that, and he had time to. Yeah, exactly. and, the, and then the, the kids, thing. you know, getting the kids involved. It's like I remember, you know, 
you know, I'm thinking you're when looking at your kids, like, you know, I remember the time when I was 12 and, and, sure. and yeah. opening those cards. Like, so you get to relive those moments. Yep. Where the them. hell do you go to buy those at now? <laughs> Good question. That's, yeah. and that's a whole nother, you know uh, something? <laughs> yeah, a whole nother uh, part of the equation. It's, there's so many people that are in the hobby now and, and it's to the point to, you know, all these, uh, a lot of the uh, people that used to flip sh- uh, shoes, whatever, Jordans, and, and you know, yeah. buy them from the Secrets. Nike site, get them on eBay right away and make a quick hundred bucks. Now those same people are getting into the card game because they see an opportunity to do quick flips on stuff. So those, you'll see a lot of those people literally standing in line at Target, seven, eight deep, because they know when the vendor is coming to restock the shelves and the second that product hits the shelves it's gone so that to me is a is a challenge with the market because it does squeeze a lot of the kids out of it and that's part of the joy is walking into target or walmart and grabbing a you know a pack of hoops basketball off the rack and now you go in at the cupboard or the shelves are bare uh, but but some play target i know is trying to set some kind of limitations you know two packs per customer to like, try to like what does it cost for a pack of cards uh, depending on on you know what, i mean if you were to go in and buy a pack of cards what what would you say five bucks like a, pack? a hanger box ten bucks uh yeah five you know three to five bucks for an individual pack of uh you know 14 cards so it's okay it's still you see i remember paying like 35 cents for a pack yeah, of cards right. yep back in mary seven coins <laughs> That's but, true. I mean, well, here's the thing. So, I was such a bad kid in school. Like, if I got a good progress report. That's why I never saw you in there. You've... Two packs of cards every week, as long as I had a good report. So, that was kind of like the incentive. Well, that's, to keep um, I have a friend, Mark, over at a Stadium Cards and Comics in Ypsilanti. Okay. And he does the same thing. He will, um, you bring in your report card, he gives you, like, a mystery pack of stuff. Oh, cool. And I think it's great for the kids, and that's... Start, that's it starts One the, thing Pat and I want to see get into it more um, as we move forward together with this also is just we want to see more kids involved in it somehow and get that community and and kids involved in it, like little leagues and everything. And I think yeah. Well, kids need to get more involved in sports, period. Get, yes. I think the the video game, the Fortnite, and all that stuff has kind of killed it, but... I think, you know, also involving the kids, get them off the video game. I mean, I remember uh, as a young kid, one thing I would do is try to build a complete set of a, mm-hmm. of a certain, whether it's hoops basketball or tops baseball, to try to get all the cards, and then you sort them out so they're, you know, at least get your brain working a little oh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Understanding the players in the yeah, game. Yeah, and, and just the satisfaction of knowing you completed a whole set. So Give, give uh, them a I, – yeah, I, I never really completed too many. I tried, but – but we always had those sports card shops for you know yep. we go to and that was just always the pinnacle. You yep. save up some money and hop on your bike and drive down. And, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this this show today, you know, we definitely appreciate you guys coming out and oh for br- sure bringing lots of memories back to my childhood. Lots of knowledge sure. too, but definitely well, for sure. Appreciate you guys. So George and, and Pat, uh, why don't you talk uh, tell everybody out there your your sites and what you do. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm uh, again just in this to, to have some fun, and, and most of my cards are sold off eBay at uh, Coach Pat's Cards 21. Um, but uh, you know, it's a hobby that's fun, and uh, you know, I love to you know see as many people get into it, enjoy it, uh, get what you want out of it, and uh, yeah, let's try to bring kids back into it as well. But uh, thank you guys for having uh, having me on, and appreciate the complimentary lim- uh, limo service down Ten Mile. <laughs> 
and the uh, free shrimp cocktail in the green room. Is these guys are class acts. <laughs> class acts. Hey, nothing but the best. George, how can everybody find you? In the Timex wash. Wash those pretty. Time priceless. Cat, the old Casio. Yeah, Casio. And then the isotoner gloves were in there. Oh, very nice. So. Um, I'm on eBay still. I'm Billy G87. I've been selling since 1999 on there. And uh, don't do it as much anymore. Just don't deal with the eBay. But I do everything online mostly through Facebook. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Four Horsemen, uh, live auctions, sports cards, collectibles, and memorabilia page. Um, it's a great page just to get knowledge on too. Uh, more than anything, even if you aren't interested in buying um, and you just kind of want to see what it's about. It's, it's a great place to go. And there's a lot of other different pages, too. There's also the Detroit Tigers collectibles page where I do an auction every Sunday night. That's where the fireball all started. And uh, <laughs> really, uh, it's really taken off. That's one of my bigger nights and where I really have fun because mostly I'm selling all Detroit stuff. Yeah, I, and, I like that one. And it's one of my toughest things to get ready for an auction because – it's all Tigers, Lions, Red Wings. It's the sentimental Pistons. value behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I get ready for that, and that's that's always a good one, too. And uh, once again, appreciate you guys letting us on here and yep. uh, asking us to be here, which was really cool. We'd love to do it again anytime you guys want. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, absolutely. Uh, I, shit, I love that pizza thing more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll do a pizza show. Food here. Yeah, we'll have to we'll do, do it. We'll do a pizza show. Yeah, all right, for sure. one bite. Yeah. yeah, so so anyway, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks yep. for coming out. Uh, Tom, we're going to take off here. I got oh, yeah. I got another obligation. I got to hit at at uh, two forty five for another big show. Big, big show, another, big another podcast. Big, big show, show next, next week. week. Yeah, so next week. So uh, you know, make sure you guys uh, keep in tune with everything else like that. But uh, on that note, by the way, Thanks, new out, guys, new hey, new outro and everything like that. So here we go. You guys have a good one. See you next Thanks, week, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Easy Speak at Speak Easy three thirty. You can catch us every week on Apple and Spotify. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at EasySpeakCast for the latest and up-to-date news. Cheers!